0: Welcome, disciple makers, and thank you for joining us. The Georgia Baptist Mission Board Discipleship Team, led by Scott Sullivan, exists to help churches take the next step toward becoming a healthy, disciple making church. We've developed tools to help you, like the Watershed Principle, the Spark Conference. Access it today at thesparkconference.com. We're also setting up learning communities across Georgia. Find a community near you at gabaptist.org slash discipleship. Now let's join today's broadcast.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to our curriculum review series that we're doing uh, this year as part of Georgia Baptist Discipleship. We know we want to help you make the best decision you can for your church to, to have a curriculum that really moves the needle on discipleship. And one thing that we all know after you do this for a little bit is that there's no one solution fits all. And so we started thinking about how do we get these options out to everybody without just having a one-on-one consultation with everybody, which we love to do, and so this idea of curriculum review was born, and we're just going to kind of do these sporadically as one-off kind of, I didn't know that existed, uh, or I've heard about that, and I want to know more about that, but um, we just have so many Georgia Baptists that are very talented in this area and are authors and doing it, so we have on today Dr. Joey Rogers, and uh, he's over there in Peachtree golf cart city uh, over there in Georgia. And uh, he is a native of Atlanta, got his graduate from Carson Newman University and Southwestern Baptist University uh, in Fort Worth, uh, where you got your master's and your doctor. Is that right, Joey? That is correct. All right. And it looks like I have you down as married to Meg. I'm going to assume that's still the same thing. Um, And you're a proud dad to some children. I think y'all are pretty much, you're pretty into sports in your family too, aren't you? little bit yeah a a little little bit bit. you have you've Uh, had some success why don't you tell our our viewers tell us a little bit about it
2: well my youngest son is is really our athlete he plays football and baseball and uh, right now he's ranked one of the top 500 baseball players in his age group in the nation and uh probably has a legitimate chance to be in a d1 football or baseball player
1: yeah that's that's a big deal that's not a of a high percentage of people ever make it there. So I remember that when we were having lunch, that was, uh, yeah. and that that takes a little bit of your time uh, for traveling too, doesn't it? So just a little bit, but I enjoy every second of it. That's a good thing. And so he's a proud daddy. And so we, uh, you know, um, Joey and I got to talk. And one of the things that we we have in common is just being passionate about disciple making. Uh, we also share a past in uh, singles and pa- ca- caring for singles. You know, how do we love that demographic that is now nearly 50% of our population? And some of our audience may know that I'm pretty passionate about that as well. But um, behind that is just how to make disciples. What way do we move forward? How do we see life change? How do we care about the person? Um, because we can't just do this stock plan. And and so from that kind of the. Uh, what problem did I solve? And so, tell us a little bit about Five Marks Ministries, that umbrella, and how and how that came to be.
2: Well, Five Marks Ministry began a number of years ago, after I realized that I had inadvertently lost Jesus at church. Mm. Uh, I kind of got to that place where I exchanged, even though I was I was saved and discipled well, um, I had exchanged my daily walk with the Lord. Intimate walk with the Lord for the religion that we sometimes can teach from our pulpits and from our lecterns, all with good intentions, but we kind of get people to a place where they're living out of their good flesh yeah. instead of living and walking in the spirit. And so I kind of kind of came to a crossroads, and then at that time, God just did an incredible work in my life and restored to me the joy of my salvation. Uh, and through that process. I felt like he gave me a definitive call, which is to rescue the religious from religion so that they can experience an intimate relationship with God. And so for the last 30 years, that has been my, my mission, my calling is to rescue the religious people into, into a real relationship with Christ.
1: Yeah, when God, when God just strikes you with that, you know, you can't you can't be the same after it. And nope. and so it's really cool to hear that moment in your life. And um I feel like if I was to go on Twitter, hashtag lost Jesus uh at church is going to be there. And I think you might be down in a Sunday school somewhere, you know, a room we haven't used in a while, maybe some BBS uh props are down there. Um but but solving that problem of 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 I mean we we I joke about it, but I mean it's very serious. We get so in the rhythm of doing a program and doing uh, almost rituals, even though we don't call that in SBC yep. life, we don't use those words, but we have these like things that you can't change, um, yes. that we that's, miss that's, Jesus, right? Yeah, true. Jesus.
2: And so what happened for me was after this this big change, uh, God brought me back to Matthew chapter 28. Uh, most of us are very familiar with verses 19 and 20, but I started reading back and started at verse 16, and it was in that process that God kind of showed me that there are three things that occur before the great commission can ever occur. Hmm. And, and when you bring all those points together, cause there's two, there's two ideas that come with the great commission and there are three ideas that have to occur before that's where the five marks of a disciple came forth. And that's the book I initially wrote was called the five marks of a disciple. Its intention was to help us to identify what is a disciple uh, several years ago. I think I shared the, shared this with you over lunch. I was asked to do a conference on disciple making at Nam, and I had twenty eight pastors in the room, and we had twenty nine different answers of what a disciple was. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and so what hit me was we've got to identify biblically what is a disciple instead of culturally and denominationally. We got to do it biblically. And so this book identifies from a biblical perspective what is a disciple. And then it also looks at how we've gotten off track and what we can do to get back on track as a church. And uh, so out of that, though, the five marks was developed. And then secondary to that, uh, I came to a place where I started asking questions, okay, so how do we do this? And from that was birth, what we're going to talk about today, and that is the grow devotional pathway. And uh, I'm really excited about how that's working and what God how God is using that. Uh, Each and every week, uh, as I sit down with the 20 different guys that I'm discipling, uh, I'm blown away about what God is doing in in and through their life through what we call, it's not really a curriculum, it's a pathway.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a big difference. Well, and let me, and I'll I'll just give a shout out. Um, If you have a, a teacher, a director, your pastor, whoever it is that's in your life that just needs to know about the existence of this don't ever assume that we just know everything at your church so many of our pastors just we, we can't consume all the information and so this is a this is a really good point to, to tag somebody share something and say hey i want you to learn a little bit more about this and i do like that you're using the word pathway instead of curriculum and uh, curriculum can sometimes entail academia it can it can feel like it's just for us and it's inward facing i know that's not what we intend it to be but certainly um sometimes we take really good tools and we make them into something they weren't intended to be. So, right. you know, even Sunday school in its nature was an outreach program and it was a community program. And now it's become almost an academic institute in some of our churches. And so um, some of us are looking for ways to to modify that that current strategy um, into a different pathway. So um, yeah, break it down for us. Tell, tell us about GROW, tell us about the first one and different parts of that and how, how to use it. So the
2: the first one came forth, I spent a day with one of my staff members talking about, okay, how do we make disciples? What we're doing isn't necessarily working. It's not producing. Uh, It's giving people a lot of information without life transformation. Mm. And so we started looking at it and core to, to my conviction is that the key element, I'll say it this way. I believe the Christian life is knowing God, hearing his voice, so you can do what he tells you to do. So critical to, knowing god and hearing his voice is a daily time with god and uh and the way i like to say it is to get on the correct frequency with god you've got to be frequent with god yeah and so to do that we spend time in god's word god's word is where is where the power is you know second second timothy tells us that uh that is profitable for doctrine reproof correction training and righteousness so it's not in what oswald chambers or Charles Stanley, or even what I have to say, it's in what God's Word says, and so to me the critical element is we've got to be in a daily walk with God. So the devotional pathway, it, it's built with with really two major components. First, actually three major components. First, it's devotionally based. It's not it's not like Oswald Chambers. You actually it has a direction. You read passages of Scripture. You answer four questions. And then once a week, you get together with a group of people who've been doing the same thing, and you have conversation. So it's not a Bible study. It's a conversation around what God has been speaking into each person's life. It's just directed by someone who's more mature in their faith. Uh, the, um, the books are laid out, so there's a, an intentional direction. The first book, and this was the one that really got the whole thing going, uh, is called Come and See. And it's about learning how to follow Jesus. This is just a novel idea. If we're going to follow Jesus, maybe we ought to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so this book chronologically starts at the birth of Christ. And you read scriptures as Jesus was teaching the 12. I like to say it this way. This book is about strapping on your own sandals and becoming the 13th disciple. And so you watch, you watch everything Jesus did. You listen to everything he said. And you look at it from the perspective of what is Jesus trying to teach me as a disciple? Mm -hmm. And honestly, I've been blown away, not just by what he's done in my life, but what he's done in the lives of other people, because they're starting to connect the dots. We have such a tendency to cherry pick our way through scripture. But when you're intentional and actually follow Jesus, it's remarkable. Mm -hmm. That book led to a second book, which we call Abide. Uh, it's about laying it's about spiritual formation it goes through the 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 12 spiritual disciplines and does it the same way there's a passage of scripture you read the scripture you answer the questions you get together with a group of people and talk about it so you'll talk about worship prayer bible study all the elements but you're looking at it from a relational point of view instead of from a good christian does these things Mm -hmm. the third book was birthed as we were talking about these things we started realizing that there's a lot of biblical illiteracy people just don't know the stories people that learned the story of David and goliath or or jonah and the well they learned it when they were kids they've never discussed it as an adult and so the third book is called his story and it goes through the the foundations of our faith it starts in in genesis 1 And you follow the scarlet thread of God's grace all the way to the book of Revelation. Uh, And that's, it's really a powerful, powerful time. I've I've just completed the second pilot of that Mm -hmm. with a group of guys that I've been doing. And I might like that one better than I like all of them just because of the conversations we were having. And then the last book that's just been published is called anchored. And it really kind of goes back through some of the same passages, but looks at them from a theological perspective so you're looking at the theology of, of God, you're looking at at Christology, you're looking at all the major doctrines trying to give people a basic understanding. So in a, in a year's time, if someone does all four books, uh, they, will, they will have followed Jesus, learned how to follow Jesus, gotten the spiritual disciplines, uh, looked at the entire meta-narrative of the Bible, and then discussed the basic foundations of their faith. But it's all done devotionally, conversationally, um and and life to life
1: yeah and i so i'm making notes and i hope that our viewers do too and so i'm i'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna go double click on a few things back there so uh devotional base is a unique characteristic number one so when you're looking at this um as as something that you could use at your church you're gonna say okay I'm trying to get people to read the Bible. So many of us are going to enter into the new year, and we're going to say, I just wish our people would read the Bible. And then there's chronological reading, there's Bible through a year. Um, There's even organizations like Walk Through the Bible, who we partner with, and we say this is a great way to bring it in, and and you kinesthetically start to learn the Bible. But this is a conversational devotional. And so I know in my life, like I'm an extroverted extrovert, Joey. So, like, I, I've never Me met too. somebody that I didn't want to talk to, right? And so I think we ended up talking for half a day, right? We did. And it was just a 20 minute meeting and it turned into like an entire day. And so I, I love the idea of having a devotional where I can talk to someone um, yep. and process because that's how I do a lot of it. So, I, I so devotion based, uh, four questions um, and conversation. And then I think one of the unique things that I, I tell people, uh, about your curriculum is that it's scripture as a topic yes and it doesn't feel like that's unique but it is unique because so many of the ones that we know are, are going to read through in a year the whole Bible or they're going to do it over four years and there's nothing wrong with those but this is taking a topic and reading through scripture for a season and so you don't have to do all four um you right and and right. but you could choose one and you could so let's dive into how we ap- apply it so how are you applying it at uh, uh Peachtree City so, for us at our church, we're applying it a couple of different ways uh
2: one is we have what we call grow groups, and it's for that acrostic. When you actually mm-hmm. read the grow is for grasp it, reflect on it, own it, walk it. so you read the text in your own words, you repeat you you kind of write down this is what was going on in the text this is what this is what was happening. then you say what the the reflect on it is what was Jesus trying to teach?" the disciples, what would, what did he want the woman at the well to understand? And you're kind of extracting those principles. Then the third is what does God want me to see? That's the own it part. And then last is how do I put it into practice? How do I walk it? And, um, and so that's what you do on a day-to-day basis uh to, to implement uh kind of the devotional plan. So do these groups, they can meet at church or at home. Yeah. Like I I meet, I meet Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday with groups at seven thirty in the morning at Chick Fil A. I am Chick Fil A'd out. I have more Chick Fil A points than maybe any person in America. But uh, but I meet with my guys at Chick Fil A at seven thirty in the morning. We usually meet for an hour, hour and fifteen minutes. In fact, I literally walked in the door from meeting with one of my groups this morning, and uh, and it's just a it's just a sweet time. I, what's amazing to me is the things that God shows them that I didn't see. And Mm -hmm. what I see that they didn't see. And then that just fosters question today, for example, uh, we were looking at a text where Jesus uh, talks about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And so that was the topic. Well, that got us into a discussion about the difference between the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the filling of the Holy Spirit. Now I'll meet with another group tomorrow and we might not even talk about that, but we're going to be looking at the same passages Yeah, Yeah, because the conversation is really dictated by, the guys that are the questions they're dealing with or the things that really spoke to their heart as they were going through the through it in their daily quiet time
1: well and and we had not intended to talk about this but man um what an example of being a practitioner uh and not just an author and and that's what you want in somebody who says i'm all in with my my curriculum too my my pathway this is what we do this is what this is who we are. There was a couple of famous books over the last couple of years that would claim to be something or have a church strategy, and then you'd call up and say, "Well, how's it working at your church?" And they'd go, "Oh, it never worked." Uh, but it'd be great if it ever did, right? We all, oh, we all know one or two yeah. of those, don't we, Joey? So we so, do. But I mean, it's messy. So so let's let's just be real there for a second. So I mean, this isn't your whole church. Not everybody is doing this. You're still doing somewhat of a hybrid with different groups and different groups doing this. Is that right? Correct. So uh, I got a little sidetracked. So I do it.
2: Every one of our staff have at least one group of people they're doing it with, and so and then we have our men's ministry and our women's ministry. This is where we're really using it. Um, Typically, a lot of men's ministry and women's ministry they're event driven. That's right. And so you go event event, and that's all that happens. Ours we've inverted the model. We want, we want men to be doing life with men and women to be doing life with women. And so we have we we still have the events, but they're really used as opportunities to get our men and women to get into groups of four to six guys, four to six women they meet with anytime they want to meet. And we've created this, this pathway in order to give them uh, a place of conversation around God's word and the relationships, I've got one group that I've been meeting with now for two years, and they're all doing their own groups, yeah. but they still want our group to meet. So they're they're leading a the group one day a week, and then they're still coming on Thursday mornings because they don't want to stop meeting together for the encouragement we have. And we've been through all the books now.
1: <laughs> well, well, and that, okay, so applications, I'm a decision maker in my church for this. So men's and women's groups, you know, where we, we share a common heart and uh, uh, we don't exist for events, we exist for discipleship. And so uh we build community through discipleship is the phrase. Yes. And so we do that by having something that's a pathway that says this is what's important. We're gonna do this. So gender-specific applications of this are phenomenal uh, because sometimes we're thinking, man, I, I don't know if I can change on Sunday morning. I don't know if these people will do this. Hey. You just work with the leaders that want to work with you and and move forward. And so you're finding that through the week, but there might be somebody who does it on Sunday morning because they need childcare or Wednesdays because they need yeah. childcare. And we uh, do have, and we do have some live groups that are doing that. I
2: will tell yeah. you what we're going to do next year that we're, we're actually planning for right now, starting in August. Um, we're going to, we, we have an annual theme uh, right now. We're in, we're going to be ready to start year three of our six year plan and year 3 is called live bolder and it's based upon the passage that for the love of Christ for the love of Christ compels me because I'm convinced that one died for all and so the focus this next year is going to be how do we help people to be so certain of their faith that they'll live boldly mm. and for me the way to do that is going to be by making sure they have the foundations and the fundamentals in their lives so what what's going to happen is we're going to invite everyone in our church to take one of the devotionals use it as their daily quiet time and then once a week i'm going to preach a passage that they've discussed because it's five passages over a week Um, i will discuss one of those passages then we're going to create a life group curriculum for each of those week that's a different day and so you'll go, you'll take a deep dive two days that, and they'll have that discussion in their life groups. And then we're still going to encourage the, 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 the grow groups. And we're actually going to build a family altar component because we're doing this all the way down to our first graders. Yeah. And so mom, dad, kid are going to be looking at the same passages here in the same, discussing the same thing. So they can even talk around, around the dinner table.
0: Yeah.
2: So we're doing a total immersion.
1: Well, and I'm, and you know, when I hear you saying that, it's like, it's phenomenal to hear a church doing that. And it's also okay to be like, that's not where my church is at. And so that's where resources come in. that's why we like being a broker of all that information to say, utilize what God's doing um, in your life, but also in your church's life and through this ministry, and you can apply it at your, at your church setting. And so, um, but it's also being strategic. It's thinking that we're going to make disciples. It's not just hoping, it's not a hope strategy. It's a, it's a little bit bigger than that. And, uh, and, and disciple makers, I mean, listening to, to this point that, that you made just a few minutes ago, Joey, which is I lead groups, my staff leads groups, and we're gonna, we're gonna do groups. And, and I, and I'm working uh, with a church that's rather large right now. And they're saying, Hey, how do we start more groups? And if you don't speak it from the pulpit, people yeah. don't value it. And, and I, I know you, and I've heard some of your sermons. And so you you can't help but share what happened at Chick-fil-A on Tuesday.
2: Absolutely. Because
1: it's it's life-changing and so it just comes out in the sermon. And so a pastor if you're if you're watching that that's how you you would, um create a culture of discipleship is that you lead by example and you see it do it but if you have staff, if you have people that you get to work with part-time, bi-vocational, whatever it is, um if you have that Sunday school director, you know, they need to be leading a small group, right? They need to be well, a, part, a part of those things,
2: right? I, I, if I were if I were in a church that I was having struggles, if I were going in to be the pastor of a new church, the first thing I would do now is I would find the chairman of the deacons, the vice chairman of the deacons, the chairman of the committees, and I would say, okay, here's how we're going to start. We're not going to talk about church business. We're going to talk about Jesus. Yeah. And I would I would get those men, those women, whoever they are, I would get them into a grow group with me and I would begin discipling them because what I've learned across 30 something years of ministry is that if you're, if the godliest people in your church are the ones that are leading your church, your church has a chance. That's right. If you're, if, but, but if you as a pastor are afraid to engage your leaders because of how unspiritual they are, that's a challenge. So what do you do? Change their spirituality, change their focus, by getting them into God's word, and you can do it casually. You can do it in a non-confrontational way. You can do it in an easy way and just say, Hey, this is something I'd like to do with you. I'd like to walk with you just to help you in your walk with the Lord. And then you might start seeing them have some prayer in their life and start making decisions that being led by the spirit. And it's, it's pretty phenomenal right now. Um, two of the life groups that I have, I have what I would consider to be, we have, we have probably five or six pillars in our church. I've got three of those pillars right now in in my life groups. Yeah. And um, of course this, is, this church has been just remarkable and the leaders I have are, were godly before I got here, but helping them go to a whole nother level and helping them learn how to make disciples is even that much sweeter. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, it's where the life changes. It's where the generational changes and you know, we want to reach our nation. We want to reach our community, but it starts with these kind of relationships. And, um, and, and I'm, I'm working currently on like a chapter that talks about having authentic relationships with young adults. Mm-hmm. And so just a sidebar, if you want, if you want to reach young adults, you reach them through discipleship. It's not counterintuitive to say, yes, worship is important. Yes. These large group gatherings are important. It's fun to go play putt putt but at the end of the day, if they're not in a group and they're not growing in God's word, we're missing The point we're falling away from what is the centrality of what we do, which is God's word and drawing people to it and reflecting Christ, because we don't need more Joey's walking around we don't need more PJs walking around, we need more people looking like Jesus and so that stick in the mud chairman of deacons that you're frustrated with isn't going to change. Um, with, without a little bit of our heart changing um, and leading by example. And hey, some, some of them won't be on board, right? You, you have some naysayers, I'm sure, in your life, or they're not sure why you're doing this, or you catch the occasional negative comment. That's part of leading. Um, but when we're doing it on God's word and we're being uh, relational, which is what I hear in your tone, you know, there's the authoritative, we're going to do it no matter what, and you, you have the, the bodies that pile up. But you're doing yeah. it in a relational way, right? You're meeting. Well,
2: I, the when, when I was discipled very early in my life, the guy who led me the Lord, by the way, led me the Lord and discipled me. He he was a layman, uh, and he knew how to do it life to life. Um, and so, I believe with all my heart, disciples are never made in bulk, and that's the problem that we have in many of our churches is we think that. From the pulpit, we make disciples. We think that from the the Sunday school class, we make disciples. No, we make disciples life to life. The pulpit and the Sunday school class they can support the disciple making process, but discipling is life to life, relational, re- and it's relationally driven. And as I pour Jesus in me into someone else, I see the light bulb come on. I see them grow, and then together we begin. We spread out and go from there and and we're at that point as a church that we're starting to see a lot of traction because what we've created is repeatable. Yeah. And and that's a real key. In fact, I would go to say this to any pastor out there. There's a thousand there's 10,000 ways to make disciples. And every every bit of curriculum the person who authored it is it because it's what it's the way they were able to successfully do it. For me, I'm relational. I also have learned that the more complex it is, the longer it takes, the less you're going to get through it. Yeah. And so we've intentionally created this to where it's very easy, it's simple, but yet it sparks the conversations so that when we get together, um, people can go deeper. You can go as deep as you want to go. I mean, in fact, there are de- there's there are days that this last week we got into a conversation with one of my groups about which attribute of god is the most important (laughs) and the truth is if you're a presbyterian you're going to say it's the sovereignty of god if you say if you're a methodist you're going to say it's the love of god if you're a baptist you're going to say it's the holiness of god and the truth is if you choose one of those you've made god less than who he is yeah because god's love is perfectly holy and perfectly sovereign his sovereignty is perfectly loving and perfectly holy his holiness is sovereign and it's loving and so it was an incredible conversation. But I'm looking at these guys, I'm looking at this one guy in particular who I, I'm very dear friends with. And I mean, the look on his face, that 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 marble was rolling around at a thousand miles per hour. And I looked at him, I said, You okay? He said, Man, he goes, I have never been so deep thinking about God. And I said, Yep, you can drown in his immensity, <laughs> as <laughs> Purgeon used to say. And uh, but at the same time, he called me back that later that afternoon. He said, that this has challenged me more about knowing God and walking with God than any conversation I may have had in the last year. And it just, it's just refreshing and remarkable to see. Uh, I, I do say this, and this is an encouragement, hopefully to pastors or whoever's listening. If you need curriculum to make a disciple, it's probably because you need to be discipled. A disciple owns the truth in his heart he uses curriculum or he uses some pathway as a mechanism to, to invite other people into the conversation that they already own in their heart. And, and so whether you know a little or a lot, you can disciple someone with what little you know, but you need something that might help you to keep everyone on course. Yeah. My encouragement is the simpler you can make it, the greater the conversations and the greater likelihood you're going to be able to take people week to week, a little bit
1: farther in the journey. And I'm, I think that's a great place to end it because I think there's no better way to say what you just said. So Dr. <laughs> Joey Rogers, thank you so much for your investment in discipleship and disciple makers making a real impact, uh, not only in Georgia, but beyond um, this grow discipleship pathway is is phenomenal thank you for taking the time it, it is no easy task to get something published and in print and not have so many grammar errors that somebody uh sends you hate mail so i know that's hard uh thank you for doing that uh tell everybody how they can get a hold of you um after the broadcast
2: so several ways you can get a hold of me uh you can email me at the church that's joey r j-o-e-y-r at org. send me an email i'm happy to connect with you you can call our church offices. That's uh, 770-487-8133. Um, if you're interested in the material, you can go to uh, fivemarks.org and you can order the curriculum or you can go directly to Amazon. It's on Amazon and you can just look it up by the titles. Probably the easiest way is to go to five marks, fivemarks.org and you can find it there. And uh, But I'm happy to assist in any way. Uh, my heart is to make disciples. Our church's mission is to help other churches to become disciple-making churches. So if we can engage you in any way, no matter how large or small your church is, it would be our joy to be a part of that. And my, and it's not just me, it's my entire team. I'm, I've got a team of really gifted disciple-making pastors yeah. uh, who love the Lord and love the local church. And so we could help in any way be our joy.
1: Well, we, we consider you part of our team as well here in Georgia, as we try to move the needle on discipleship. And so we're thankful for things like the cooperative program that keeps us together and on mission in our field here in Georgia to reach people for Jesus and to see disciples made, and so we appreciate those of you who give to the cooperative program to make this broadcast happen, and our team is here for you as well, and we'd be happy to help connect you to, to Joey or to other churches that are using that curriculum just to, to be an example and be a light in your world, so thank you all for joining us. Hope that this was helpful. Make a comment below if, if uh, you were blessed by this or learned something new today. We would We would love that, and y'all have a great evening.
0: Thanks for listening. We want to continue the conversation from today's broadcast in a learning community near you. These learning communities are designed to celebrate your biggest wins, resource your greatest need, and help you finish well. We also want to give you a free gift, the five discipleship shifts most churches need to make to produce world-impacting disciple makers. You can download this resource by going to ministryboom.com. This five-page PDF is a discipleship alignment checklist. The Georgia Baptist Mission Board is able to provide resources like this because of gifts from Georgia Baptists to the cooperative program. For more information on this broadcast and a customized discipleship plan for your church, visit gabaptist.org discipleship. Engage with us on your time through Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and all podcast platforms. Lastly, if you've benefited from this conversation today, please share this with a friend as we seek to help churches make world-impacting disciple-makers.